Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. It is my great privilege to welcome to Talk Nation Radio this week Lisa Ling. She is one of the U.S. drone whistleblowers profiled in the terrific movie National Bird. Lisa Ling is a former technical sergeant on drone surveillance systems. She grew up in California and initially joined the military as an army medic and nurse. When it became apparent that she was adept with computers, she transferred to a combat communications squadron, which later became a so-called intelligence squadron. Her final deployment as a technical sergeant was to Beale Air Force Base in California, where she worked on the distributed ground system. We will ask her what that is, a, a weapon system to make use of drones in collecting vast amounts of data. And like other whistleblowers in the film, Ling had a top secret clearance. Uh, Lisa Ling, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. Hi. Good to be here. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. So I, I've seen this film. I understand it's it's now on PBS. Is that right? Uh, it was on PBS, and now it's also on Netflix. Oh, it is? Great. And you can also download it on iTunes. Great. Well, I highly recommend this. this. The film is called National Bird. Go to iTunes or Netflix or wherever you can get it. Do you, did you have any idea how many people have seen it, Lisa? Um, I don't know. I mean, I have been getting feedback on Twitter from quite a few people, um, as has Sonia Kennebec, the, um, the she's the one that came up with the idea for the film and did just an amazing amount of research to actually find us and to, um, put the story out there. Yes, and Sonia, who who made the film, has been a guest on this program, so you can go listen to her as well at talknationradio.org. And the film has a website, nationalbirdfilm.com. Um, so, so tell us about the, the nature of this surveillance program that drones are used for. Well, I mean, basically, there's not a whole heck of a lot I can tell you as I do enjoy my freedom. What I can share with people is my personal experience and um, and the questions that I have about the program and my opinion. You know, I, I really believe that if you have a device that's flying over your head that can drop ordnance at any time and, and from the ground, nobody knows. Um, and nobody is immune from being threatened by this. Um, doctors have been bombed, you know, everybody, uh, infants, school children, soccer players. Everybody has been impacted in every walk of life by drones. And it is, um, to me, this is a form of terror, and I don't see how we can fight a war on terror with terror. Uh, it, it seems like, uh, you know, the story that always came out of the Obama White House uh, was that people are very carefully targeted and we couldn't arrest them for some reason and they were an imminent threat to the United States of America and no civilians are ever harmed and so forth. But the reports always coming from the countries living under the drones were always, you know, these civilians were killed, these civilians were killed, these civilians were killed. Which, where's the, where's the truth? Uh, what I know is is that I've spoken to um, many uh, people in Afghanistan, and they're an amazing culture that's been around centuries longer than our own. Um, and I just, they're not the enemy, and we've got to get our minds off this thing where if somebody's from another country, if somebody dresses different, if they practice a different religion, 
um, if there are any differences from from what we think are, are, are right or wrong, that that makes them instantaneously a terrorist, and this is just not the case. And as a nation, we do well to stop thinking along those lines. As as someone with no particular you know access to information, I I've been unable to identify a single case of a drone strike that met a single criterion uh, from those I, I listed that Obama suggested. You know you know no risk of killing civilians. The person couldn't be captured. They were an imminent threat to the United States, etc. I've never found a single case that met a single one of those criterion. Uh, am, am I am I missing something? Do you know of any? <laughs> I cannot actually say with um, any great certainty. I don't know that anybody can say with any great certainty. Um, what I do know is that uh, the people in areas of Afghanistan that are being bombed do not have intercontinental ballistic missiles. I mean, that's just a given. So, so how are they a threat, right? Yeah, well, I mean, and here's the thing. We're not fighting an army. There, it's not as if you go through this whole process of joining up basically you are the enemy when you say you are so um even general mccrystal has has said that whenever we drop a a drone strike on on an individual that we can create up to 10 enemies right so if you look at this in that way um for all of the drone strikes that have happened that's created 10 enemies of an army that's not, it's not a static number, it just continues to grow as people get angered, then the only way that this can end is to not end. This is going to continue, and the only win- winners in all of this are the bankers and the arms traders. And it's, and it's counterproductive on its own terms? Um, as far as I can tell, it's, I don't see how it can be productive. Um, and the proof is in the pudding right? We're still at war. Yeah, with no end in sight. The, uh, the, the film, I think one of the most powerful things about this film that you're featured in, National Bird, is this reenactment of a drone strike based on the transcript uh, of the drone pilot's conversation uh, leading up to and during uh, sending the missiles. And they seem to me vicious, sadistic, recklessly eager to kill. Uh, but it's the only transcript we have, as far as I know. Uh, would you say it's a you know it's worse, it's better, or it's typical of the, of the others? Well, I'm not. You know, a lot of people want to blame the individual service members. A lot of people stand in front of drone bases and um, and do uh, you know different things that are basically getting the wrong targets. It's not the young individuals that are conscripted into the military based on circumstances. I mean, we need to talk about the people who are in power who are actually making the decisions. We need to talk about the arms dealers. Um, yes, it's true when you get a bunch of people together that there is a group thing. Just like I know people in the military who have only seen the end of a weapon from, you know, from, from people at war, and they feel... You know, they they do not like different peoples, right? And if the only thing that an Afghan sees is is a drone, then they're not going to like us. And that is just, I mean, that is just a fact of human nature. And yes, 
war is vicious in all of its forms. Um, all of that is vicious. And I think that until we address the people who are truly responsible for where we're at, then nothing's going to change. Yeah, it's very interesting that you say that. I, I obviously, well, not so obviously, I guess, but I, in blaming, uh, you know, low-ranking members of a military, I take not an ounce of blame away from their commanders or their politicians or anyone with any uh, ability to alter uh, the behavior. But uh, I, I wonder if you think that the protests that many of my friends engage in, you know, around Hancock Air Base in upstate New York, for example, where they now fly drones there for practice as well, are, are are misguided uh, because they think they're educating the public in Syracuse, New York, and they're discouraging potential recruits, and they and they don't think they're excusing, you know, the commanders or the president or the Congress. Well, I can tell you from my own experience is that what the protests outside of bases did was reify what commanders say. It, so, basically... I mean, and the proof is in the pudding, and I have nothing against people that are willing to take their time and energy and and, and protest wrongs um, that are done in our name. I, I take nothing away from that ethic. But what I will say is that at this juncture, my opinion is, from the inside, is that these efforts, specifically targeting military bases, are misguided. And I'm not talking about for anything other than for the drone program. Yeah, and okay. we can see again the proof is in the pudding. These people have been doing this for years, and not only has nothing changed, but the program itself has grown exponentially to the point now where contractors are working on this equipment. So we need to try something different. We need to put our efforts elsewhere. Um, for example, uh, you can just do a search on Wikipedia and find out what military contractors are actually are actually. Um, building and selling this equipment, right? And some of these same military contractors make televisions and toasters. I think it would be far more effective to speak to the people buying the televisions and toasters and speak to the pocketbooks of these corporations that are involved. Uh, well, I'm all for trying every possible angle like that. We've also been protesting at some of these uh, at these drone weapons contractors for years. Um, do, do, are there any corporations you want to name that uh, that you think we should be looking at at boycott strategies with? I mean, there's lots and lots of corporations. There's far too many to mention, but they all can be found on Wikipedia just by doing a Google search on military contract. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's a very interesting perspective because I have, you know, people who I respect as some of our best peace ad advocates for decades who were in the U.S. military and were won over by the by the protests and arguments of people outside their bases. Um, so uh, whether that has, you know, ceased to that's ever occur, I, I don't know. That That's changed, that's you changed. say? I mean, many of these people are from the Vietnam era. And what we of this new era of warfare have experienced is the blowback from the effective strategies that were used at the time during the Vietnam War. Huh. And so, given that, we need to change our tactics and strategies as well. The uh, We're speaking with Lisa Ling, who is one of the whistleblowers speaking out about the drone program and featured in the movie National Bird. Uh, Lisa, in the film, you go to Afghanistan uh, and you see a place where 
there are victims of U.S. drone strikes, and you meet a little boy who lost his leg, and his little brother, and his sister, and his father, uh, and at the end of the film, you're preparing to go back to Afghanistan again. Can you, can you describe these visits, and what you saw, and heard, and did there? Well, basically what my goal was, was to see up close, um, you know, that which was only seen through a video monitor, um, to actually see these people in all of their dimensions, to get to really know what the drone program is doing to them. Um, are we actually winning this quote-unquote war on terror? I mean, is there any, you know, is there anything positive or redemptive about it? And what I found out was, no, actually, there isn't. Um, and what is really, truly amazing is that the people in Afghanistan want to tell their story. And what's equally, to me, repulsive and amazing is the fact that their stories are not getting out there. These are the most important people that should be talking about their experiences with drones. And, and the news media should be talking to them because they're the ones experiencing this. And it's not happening. Um... Sonia, I mean, going to Afghanistan with us and, and, and the whole film and getting these people's stories out there, that's what they want. And they basically talk about the fact that, yes, these things have happened. Yes, these things are awful. These drone strikes are awful. You know, and we understand, and as they put it, that, you know, that, that these things have happened, that they've lost limbs, that they've... And all they're asking is for us to fulfill our promises, for us not to drone their innocent civilians. Now, that's a big act. Uh, you wouldn't think so. Uh, and, and, and yet, at the same time, in, in the film, I got the idea that they expressed understanding toward you and, and forgiveness toward you. Which I find amazing. I mean, I find that to really be a sign of, of their character, their conviction, their, I mean, just the qualities of, of who they are. I mean, you really can see people's hearts. And, I mean, just to see, you know, the damage and devastation that has been done to these people and their ability to forgive, it surprised me. Um and, and maybe it shouldn't have, but it did. Uh, these people are, are just, they're more like us than they are different in many ways. I mean, they have families, children, you know, these things that we keep calling calm towns. And, you know, we give these sanitized terms as if war could ever be something sanitary. We need to call these people who they are, their families, mothers, brothers, sisters, children. I mean... They're students, they're doctors, they're, they're lawyers, they're, I mean, they're everything that we are. Yeah, it seems there's different language uh, for the same things, depending on which side of a battle they're on, uh, we, including this distinction between war and terrorism. Uh, I understand you would include buzzing over people's homes with drones uh, in the category of, of terrorism. I call um, living under drones terror, absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, right now, wherever anybody is who's listening to this, right, if you had this this plane flying over your head and it had orphans in it and you had absolutely no way of predicting 
where it was going to drop this ordinance or if it was going to drop this ordinance. And you had to go through your day-to-day life activities, go to a school, and maybe the school was going to get thrown. Go to your job, and maybe your job was going to get thrown. I mean, to have to live with that day in and day out, I think anybody would be terrified. You would think so. Uh, is uh, it, it doesn't seem like the United States public or government are learning these lessons, and it seems uh, from early reports at least that President Trump is increasing the use of drone strikes. Is that your understanding as well? That's definitely how I understand it. And and increasing the delegation of authority to launch drone strikes without the the president's sign off. Um, the way I mean, the way that I see it is that if you keep these things in secret in in, in a cloistered area, you know, and the public does not know what's going on, I, I don't see how any good can come of that. I don't see how any good can come of having absolutely no oversight on a weapon that can cross borders at any time, um, go anywhere in the world, I think that what we need as Americans is we need to raise our voices up and have the discussion about is this really what we want to have done in our name. I mean, and we're all complicit. Everybody is complicit. You know, our tax dollars are paying for this, and as long as we're not raising our voices and and asking any questions, and we're just assuming that there's some surgical war going on overseas, as if that was a possible thing, then I think everyone is complicit in one way or another. And we're now at a quite a long list of nations and non-national groups that have drones of some type and, and growing, right? Yes, and I mean, and we're actually using drones in countries that we're not even at war with. Yemen is a perfect example of that. We're not at war with them. Well, I'm not, you're not, but the United States is refueling Saudi bombers uh, so they can blow up houses in Yemen every day. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think that as, as, as Americans, we need to be having this conversation and discussing it because there's never really been a weapon that, you know, has there, there's never really been a war that hasn't come back to haunt all of us. And what I find really amazing, I mean, for us, it's, it's until it impacts us personally, a lot of times we pay no mind. And that's really sad. So, I mean, I can throw something out there. BAE Systems is building a stealth drone, a stealth drone that doesn't require any human intervention to find and acquire targets, quote-unquote. Um, stealth drones are for developed nations. They're not for developing nations. Yeah. And we, I, I feel as though we have a choice right now. I mean, these, these drones are, they're, they're, they're going to be working. They're going to be functional, and they're going to be able to attack first world nations. Now, this can happen with regulation if we raise our voices now, um, or without it. It's basically what our choice, what we want to have happen. I mean, personally, I think that the only answer to any of this is to take the weapons off of drones. We're not going to put the technology back away, just like we've never put the nuclear technology back away. You know, just like all of the protests for that, the best that we've been able to do is get some regulation and get some, you know, agreements going and all of that. And I think the same is is true for drones, armed drones specifically. And I I think that there's a place for uh, for, uh, 
Overwatch or, you know, um, things of that nature. There's a place for that in war. I don't like war at all, but, um, but there, but there is a place for that. I don't think there's any place for having weapons on these things that can loiter for days at a time, making children afraid to go outside and play. You know, I don't think that there's a place for that. I think that that's terror. And, um, and I think that we as Americans need to discuss this. We need to rethink this. And we really need to talk about if this is what we're going to be, want to be done in our name. And I think that sometimes, you know, my fear is that the only thing that is going to get us to engage in any of these really incredibly difficult conversations is if we again have a draft. Then people will be forced to pay attention. Well, I, I was agreeing with you so passionately right up until that that last bit. I, you know, the, the draft didn't didn't stop previous wars, and uh, you know, six million dead bodies in Southeast Asia is not a price I'm willing to pay for a for a strengthened peace movement. Uh, you know, and I and I don't want the draft expanded to women for equal rights. You know, I want to end no, war. No, I absolutely hear you, and it nauseates me that I even have had that thought. But oh, you're not alone. It's 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 majority opinion among those who care about peace. I just don't go along with it. I I I, th- I think we we need to oppose uh, war in all its forms. Not uh, stra- I mean, we just have not had any war remotely as bad as as Vietnam since the ending of the draft. And to have that again in order to inspire a few more people to join the peace movement, I don't think is a good trade-off. Yeah. Well. I'm not quite sure what'll work or what'll get Americans into having these difficult conversations. Um, you know, we are a privileged lot. We can see war on television, and when it's not to our liking, we can change the channel. Right. There are people in nations all over the world that don't have that privilege. They don't have that luxury as they sit and watch their homes, their lands, the places of their birth get completely decimated. Indeed. And so I don't know what it's going to take. Um, I did see the conversation start. There was another film that was out there that was called Eye in the Sky. And okay. that did get a little bit of the conversation started. And what that film did actually show is that it, it showed the immensity of the drone program. And it, and, and it did show a lot of things. Like, um, specifically, you know, all of us uh, drone whistleblowers had seen that film and we actually put something out in the news about our feelings about it and um, hopefully you know that got a little bit of the conversation started but we really as Americans we need to discuss these things and we're getting sidetracked by all of this this political drama that's happening now when people's lives depend on all of us engaging yeah. in these discussions well, I, I encourage everyone to see National Bird and avoid Eye in the Sky like a plague. I, I saw the premiere with the director and a, and a military general who helped with it and asked them, does any case in reality remotely resemble 
any of the criteria met in this film, you know, actually unarrestable, actually imminent threat, not to the United States, but to some human beings, uh, you know, identified and, uh, uh, and, and no civilians at risk or care taken to avoid risking, you know, and they say, oh, no, no, this is a fantasy. I said, well, then don't, sh don't impose it on the U.S. public. Give us reality. Um, but we, we have a, a petition at banweaponizeddrones.org that's just topped 100,000 uh, that I wonder if you uh, would take a look at, Lisa, and consider signing. And, and what else you would recommend we try beyond uh, boycotts, which I think is a good idea? Um, what other approaches should we take? I mean, divestment with the bankers that, you know, are are complicit. Um, you know, I mean, it, it's just so difficult because what we're talking about here, and, and it's not just in the United States. Right now, um, Melbourne University has been taken over by one of the, one of the major military contractors. Um, I believe it's Northrop Grumman, where they're actually helping people to get their PhD. And, I mean... A lot of the things that we don't take a look at is the people who are recruited into the military are people who are aged 18 to 24, right? Um, they're fresh out of high school, um, and, and they're young. They haven't, you know, experienced a whole lot of life yet. And I think that the things that we don't connect to this ongoing war, the fight for 15. I mean, these young people, if there was another way for them to make money and to support, you know, sometimes young families, sometimes young families with disabled children who need medical care. It's like a lot of people are saying, no, don't join the military. And and what else is there out there? What are we fighting for young people? Um, are, we, are we fighting for a less expensive education? I mean, all of these things are connected. Yeah, I'm it's not. I'm fighting not. for a free education like other countries that don't have trillion-dollar militaries have. Education should be yeah. a, a human right, not a not a commodity. And so should medical care, in my worldview. Yes, indeed. Um, and, I mean, and because all of these things are connected, what kind of support are we giving? And I'm also not one that says, okay, everybody never join the military. I mean, because then, in, in my view, then... Um, then what will happen is we'll have a military full of sociopaths who did not listen to a compassionate appeal. So, I mean, there's, it's so complicated. It's not, you know, it's not black and white. And I know that, um, that as Americans, we, we, there are some things that we really like a lot, like instant gratification or, you mm -hmm. know, a you're right. And I, I mean, our thinking has been binary for years either Democrats or Republicans, it's either right or wrong, it's either religious or not a religious thing, and it's like we really need to um, get out of this black and white binary thinking if we're going to approach this in any meaningful, long-term, strategic way. Well, I tend to agree, except that uh, I would like to see militaries abolished, at which point they wouldn't be full of sociopaths or anybody else. Uh, we've got <laughs> ju just uh, about a, a minute left. Uh, what do you think of this idea of banning the fully automated drones, but keeping the ones where a pilot pushes the button as if that's somehow better to be killed that way? Um, is, that, is that an approach worth taking? Um, in my worldview, I think we need to remove the weapons from drones. Period. Yeah, I agree. I uh, mean, I don't think there's any middle of the road. If you've got something flying over your head as you're taking your daughter to 
school on your bicycle that you don't know when it's going to drop a bomb, that's terror. And again, we cannot fight a war on terror with terror. Very, very well said, and a lesson that uh, needs to be learned uh, more so by those in power in Washington, D.C. than by the public, but we've got to keep pushing it. Lisa Ling is a U.S. drone whistleblower, and she and a couple of other brave whistleblowers are featured in the movie National Bird, which you should run out and see or see at home on Netflix or iTunes. Lisa Ling, thank you for coming on Talk Nation Radio. Thank you for having me. This is Talk Nation Radio. I'm David Swanson. Take action at rootsaction.org. Help end war at worldbeyondwar.org. All past shows can be heard at davidswanson.org. Talk Nation Radio is produced in Charlottesville, Virginia, and syndicated by Pacifica Network. If you are listening to a nonprofit station, Please support that station. Talk Nation Radio is funded by contributors at davidswanson.org. There is no way to peace. Peace is the way. Until next time.